From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. I used to be into punk rock music. You know the type. Fast, loud, gritty. Spiked hair, mosh pits, and crowd surfing. Shoot, going to concerts was a massive part of my life. Almost every weekend. And sometimes during the week. Now listen, I'm under zero illusions. We were the weird kids. And when a bunch of weird kids get together in the same room to listen to weird music, weird stuff typically happens. One night in 2001, I was at a concert seeing a band called the Dropkick Murphys at St. Andrews Hall in Detroit. It was awesome. Now, an interesting thing about St. Andrew's Hall, the bathroom stalls didn't have doors. So after I was doing rings in the circle pit, I went to the bathroom to splash some water on my face. But when I entered, I saw a girl using the men's room. It was weird. I'd never seen anything like that. But then again, I was at a punk rock show. Weird things happen all the time. The next morning, I went back to my high school and to normal bathrooms. But that was 2001. Things have changed since then. Here's a story on NBC News. In the first ruling of its kind, a federal appeals court says it's sex discrimination to bar students from using the restroom that matches their gender identity. It's a victory for a Virginia high school student, Gavin Grimm, who was born a girl but identifies as male and has undergone hormone therapy. And then there's this from Tucker on Fox News. Well, for decades, America has been a world leader in providing athletic opportunities to women and girls on the same footing as boys. But now opportunities for women are being shoved aside for a new priority, transgender athletes. Biological males who identify as females are entering the competition and dominating their opponents in many sports. And Madison, Wisconsin will round us out. Students in the Madison Metropolitan School District can no longer alter their gender identities without parental consent. A Dane County judge plans to block that and the ban on MMSD staff from telling parents if a student makes that change. You get the idea. Today's court system is being inundated by gender issues. Not happening to adults, but to our kids. These kids are on the receiving end of this, and now with the Equality Act on the horizon, we're on the cusp of making this a federal issue. When did this happen? When did our kids become political pawns to advance a sexual agenda? 
When did parents lose the right to be involved with their children's lives? What is being done to push back? Emily Gao is the director of the DeVos Center for Religion and Civil Society at the Heritage Foundation. This week, she explains the left's agenda with gender, how it's impacting our children, and tells us where things stand with a new Biden administration and new Senate leadership. In addition, she proposes a new promise to our children and makes sure that they're the ones who are protected. We'll get into it after this short break. It's easy to get overwhelmed by the 24-7 news cycle. If you're looking for a way to keep up with the news that matters, the Daily Signal podcast brings you the top news of the day. Hosts Rachel Del Judas, Kate Trinko, Rob Louie, and myself, Virginia Allen, bring you headlines and interviews with lawmakers, authors, and conservative activists. If you're a conservative who wants to be on top of the news, check out the Daily Signal podcast, available every weekday morning. Emily, the last time we talked, the left was pushing hard for the Equality Act. Um, Obviously, it didn't pass. Uh, We covered it a bit in the previous segment of this episode, but just catch us up on where it currently stands, especially with a more liberal power shift in Washington, D.C. Well, thanks for having me on, Tin. Yes, with uh, the White House being controlled now by the Democrats and the House and Senate, This is one of their top priorities. So President Biden said that this would be something that he would definitely sign, and he considers it to be one of his 100 days priorities. What is the motivation by the left to encourage our kids to think like this? You know, it it, to me, it's it just it it kind of boggles my mind that we would want to encourage uh, kids to think this way. But but what does the left have to gain from it? So the left has a belief system um, called transgender ideology, and they assert that, you know, children can know at a very young age that they are, quote unquote, born in the wrong body. And that's the whole basis for them trying to get their beliefs enshrined into law, into medicine and into education through passage of the Equality Act. Yeah, this is clearly a it's it, it's it's not an easy issue, you know, because we hear stories um, from all over the country, you know, one off stories like, oh, this high school is allowing, you know, boys to use girls bathrooms and girls to use boys bathrooms and uh, men to compete in female sports, you know, just because that's how they identify, you know, but it, it tends to kind of just go in the ear and out the other because it's not happening in the local school district where the person resides. So tell us, just, just I, I want to communicate with people here why this is something to be concerned about, especially happening at a federal level. Well, I think it actually is coming up in cities and towns all across the country. People may not realize where it's coming from, but already in 24 states, We have laws that um, promote sexual orientation and gender identity ideology. And in almost every state, we have the promotion 
of comprehensive sexuality education, which for most public school parents, that is something that they are already familiar with because their kids are already being exposed to it. And that starts as young as kindergarten. And that includes not only promotion of abortion, but also promotion of politicized ideas about sexual orientation and the harmful um, gender ideology. So a lot of parents are already seeing this come up in their kids' curriculum. And it's not just in sex ed, it's in every subject. Mm. And, and just talk just a little bit more. So, so that means the Equality Act would essentially make what the 24 states that, that you mentioned have done, it would make it for every state without, without choice to opt in or opt out. That's correct, right? Exactly. So it would make the 1964 Civil Rights Act um, include sexual orientation and gender identity as classes that would be protected from discrimination. Now that's not as um, innocuous as it sounds. Of course, we're against unjust discrimination against any person. But what this does actually is it creates a state orthodoxy on sexual orientation and gender identity and imposes that on the medical profession and in education. And that could lead to the kind of curriculum that promotes sexual orientation, gender ideology it could lead to a nationwide transgender sports policy, taking away all of these opportunities from girls. A nationwide transgender you know, shower and locker room policy could lead to more teachers losing their jobs if they don't use preferred pronouns. And then, of course, you know, kids in schools where it's considered to be bullying if you don't use a preferred pronoun are going to be very fearful of speaking up if they believe that sex is binary, that you're either a girl or a boy. Man, this is, this is huge. And, and, and so many people listen and they say, well, what, what do we do? What do we do about this? And, and, and the cool thing is, and, and one of the reasons we're talking today is, is at Heritage and with some of our allies in the conservative movement, we're digging in and we're starting a coalition called The Promise to America's Children. And I'm going to link to the website in the show notes, folks, so you can log on and read more about it. Um, but Emily, just give us, you know, the short tour of this idea that's really catching on right now within the conservative movement and beyond. Well, the Promise to America's Children really came about because we heard from so many parents across the country that they were really concerned about the sexualization of their children at really young ages, um, not only from the culture, but also from law and policy. Um, to begin with, the comprehensive sexuality education is a huge concern for many parents because it exposes children to really pornographic images as well as the promotion of abortion, the controversial ideas about sexual orientation and this destructive gender ideology. Um, parents are really concerned about that. There was a case in Rockland County where kindergartners were read a book where, you know, it was called I Am Jazz and they were introduced to the idea that, you know, a boy could be trapped in a girl's body, a girl could be trapped in a boy's body. And the parents were not notified in advance. And so when the kids came home crying, afraid that they could, you know, turn into the opposite sex, parents were rightfully outraged. And we hear stories like this across the country. So we wanted to unite lawmakers and parents together to work together on protecting children from these harmful influences. Yeah, Emily, I read a very powerful statement on the Promise website, and I'll just quote it. Quote, they want to use our children as political pawns 
to advance a sexual agenda. Tell me about that sexual agenda a little bit more. Well, I think it's really important to distinguish between adults and children. And a lot of the ideas that are being promoted to children right now about, um, particularly about this transgender ideology, are really harmful to kids. Kids really are not at the age where they have the mental capacity to make decisions about whether they should take puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones or even have surgeries. And yet the transgender ideology movement has this model called affirmative care, where they basically reach the conclusion that if a child is questioning their gender, that the conclusion is that that child actually should transition to the opposite sex through these physical interventions on their bodies. And they've pressured the medical profession to go along with this political ideology that starts from the conclusion that transition is always the right thing and then works back from that and then goes through the transition rather than what many pediatricians think, which is you should have a period of watchful waiting to see if this child will become comfortable with their body. And 85 to 95% of kids actually do become comfortable with their bodies. So there's a lot of reasons to wait and to protect kids from this ideology. You know, Emily, one of the things that I think about in dealing with this is whether or not an entire ideology is united. So is the left united on this? You know, are there outliers? Is there a potential pushback within the movement? Well, yes, I think there is. Even with somebody like Ibram X. Kendi, who is, you know, a leader in the critical race theory movement, we heard a really vulnerable moment when he recently said on a podcast that his daughter, you know, expressed concern about being a girl and that she actually wanted to be a boy. And, you know, instead of like repeating the transgender ideology, you know, talking points, he said, I was horrified. My wife and I were horrified. Yeah. You know, you know, we have the clip, you know, let's, let's play the clip and then I want to get your response to it. So uh, let's roll that clip. I think it was last week. My daughter came home and said she wanted to be a boy, you know, which was horrifying uh, for my wife to hear myself to hear. And so of course, uh, you know, we're like, okay, what affirmative messages about girlhood, you know, can we be teaching her to protect her from whatever she's hearing in our home or even outside of our home that would make her want to be a boy? So he was just reacting as a dad. He wasn't reacting as a political activist. He was reacting as the father of his daughter, you know, and this is a very natural response for a parent to want to protect their child from harmful ideological influences that would cause their child to harm their own body. So and, they and, would. And the funny and the funny thing, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but but I'm, I'm just just uh, it's it's amazing to me how extreme Ibram X. Candy is. I mean, he is he is the left's darling right now, especially with critical race theory. And and that's a way of indoctrinating our children in school. But he is coming down um, on the other side of this. It ve- it's it's very um, it's very interesting to me, Emily. Well, you're right. It does all come from the same root, the critical theory, which is branched out into critical race theory, critical gender theory, queer theory. It all comes from the same root, which is 
critical theory and cultural Marxism. But it's one thing to talk about it, you know, in a political setting. And it's another thing when it comes home and it's your own child and it's your own daughter who wants to become a boy, which if it come, becomes a boy, that means then your daughter, now you're supposed to address your daughter as a son. So it totally undoes the family relationships. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's self-harm. You're talking about children taking on massive amounts of hormones, possibly undergoing surgeries that will render them infertile. And that's something that, you know, no parent is going to want for their child. That's why Ibram X. Kendi, he didn't respond to his daughter's declaration, you know, as a political activist. He just responded as a dad. Emily, you know, as we wrap up here today, what what can you impart to us with the next steps of the promise to America's children? Well, um, parents, grandparents, any concerned citizen can go onto the Promise website and they can read through the Promise and they can endorse the Promise themselves. And they can also find out which state and federal lawmakers are introducing legislation to protect children's bodies, their minds, and their relationships to their parents. And they can find out more about the Equality Act and which legislators are standing up against the Equality Act and protecting children from its harms. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being here uh, with us on this episode. We're looking forward to the next one and uh, we will stay in touch. Thank you so much once again. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening to Heritage Explains. I've linked to the Promise website, so log on. See how you can get involved. Sign up. Get your friends to sign up. Get your family to sign up. This is a grassroots movement, so we need your help to do it. Also, take some time. Like our show wherever you listen to the podcast. Also, you can leave us a comment or you can send us an email at managingeditor at heritage.org. You know the drill. And we thank you so much for reaching out to us each and every week and giving us your opinions and your thoughts. Next week, Michelle's up. We'll see you then. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by John Pop.